Hello, you are listening to Delta Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Jacques Hebert with Audubon, Louisiana. And I'm Simone Malawas with Restore or Retreat. Hello. How, how are hello, you? Hello, hello, hello. hello. How are you, Simone, this week? Hello. Are you already in vacation mode? I can see it in your <laughs> I'm eyes. I'm getting there, yeah. I can literally see it on your face. Are you going to miss me? Am I? I was maybe behind the passport scandal of 2018, where you were. <laughs> yeah. Side note, it is possible to get a passport in one day. I would not recommend it. Um, Are you going to study Guatemalan vegetation and animalology? I might do some birding while I'm in oh, Guatemala. Nice. Yeah, um, I've gotten hooked up with a great guide um, down there, and I think we're going to hike Pacaya, which is a oh, volcano. Wow. It's an active volcano. Amazing. Yeah. If something happens to you, I'm going to be... Devastated. You'll have to continue the the legacy. On Are you going to make Delta David Muth jealous with your birding? I think so. Although David Muth has probably birded all over yeah. Central and South America, knowing him. Yeah, but find something, make him jealous. I know. I'll try to find something to make him jealous. But speaking of birding, the St. Yeah, Bernard but, Bird Festival yes, is this I saw weekend. That. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago with our friends from St. Bernard. Yeah, so. and Audubon staff, Eric Johnson, who's been on the show before, is going to be down there leading bird banding exercises and, and tours. Um, it's a beautiful day. It's actually this Friday and Saturday um, from 10 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. at the Islanos uh, Museum Complex on Bayou Road in St. Bernard. So. Yeah, and then LSU or, or Baton Rouge actually celebrates their Earth Day next weekend as well. Yep. So where if you're in uh, our, in the New Orleans region or if you're in Baton Rouge, you be outside yeah. this weekend, so right? Are you going to Jazz Fest this weekend? Yes, indeed. Mm, who are you going to see? Um, so definitely going Friday, who's staying, but I love all the other names, mm-hmm. too. I, I just like to go out there and... Um, you know, we've taken kids before and stuff too. That's definitely an experience. But, um, yeah, I heard a friend had a, um, a party for their, um, like three year old and it was a festival party, but they had crawfish beignets and they had frozen lemonade. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was, we're going to have to have a party like that. Okay. Well, you have to have fun with me without me on the first weekend of Jazz Fest and then I'll be back for the second weekend. But, Getting to the subject at hand, what are we talking about today? Yeah, I feel like um, you and I are, are uh, should get a degree in something from all the scientists we've had on lately. So we had Alex and, and Clint on last week, which who were super fun. We talked about some of the science that was coming out lately. And this week we have two great friends of ours that have been around and studying the river for a long time and who know a lot about it. So uh, without further ado, let's get to them. Yeah. Hopefully right. we'll get a course credit after this. Yeah, right. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to talk to him about that. We won't let him out the studio unless they do. <laughs> uh, first up, we have uh, Dr. Mead Allison. He's an expert on river deltaic and coastal sedimentary processes. Uh, he's at the Water Institute of the Gulf, but he's also at Tulane. So welcome to the show, Mead. Thank you. Great to be here. So, Mead, tell us a little bit about yourself. You have been everywhere. We had a passport. We talked about a passport experience earlier. How did you get to coastal Louisiana? Well, um, that's a long story. We don't have enough time. In this segment, <laughs> but um, I, I guess I, um, I study river coastal systems and delta systems, and I'm interested in sort of the, the flow of water and sediment through these systems and how they evolve. And so it's kind of a natural fit for Louisiana. But um, my background, um, I first got to Louisiana in 1999 as a Tulane faculty member. Uh, had an interruption for a few years after <laughs> Katrina, uh, went over to Texas and um, came back in, in 2013 when Chip Grote, who founded the Water Institute, um, asked me if I'd like a job. <laughs> and so I came back both um, from my applied research side at the Water Institute and then my educational side as 
is through Tulane. So I've been back for about the last four or five years. Yeah. So speaking of the Water Institute, you've been there since almost the beginning, right? Chip brought you over. Yeah. yeah. You, you must have seen the changes at the Water Institute from its start. We've, we've had Justin on before. We've had Scott. Y'all have really grown, right, at the Water Institute. Uh, it's, it's been a tremendously exciting experience. I was part of that team of people that were kind of the inaugural group and trying to build something from scratch. And it's it's just an amazing experience to try and build a science organization from literally, you know, uh, Jennifer, our um, our fiscal manager, who was employee number one, said we started out with, I carried the Water Institute around in my briefcase. <laughs> yeah, to, I heard Jennifer said she put it in the in her trunk, right? That's <laughs> to, what I uh, you <laughs> To trying to support all of the incredible things that are going on in the state and provide some science back up for the state. And so, and then kind of taking the tools that we've developed in Louisiana and saying, well, where else in the world can we do these kind of things that would be helpful? And so we've reached out in places like the Mekong Delta, for instance, in recent years to address some of the same things that, that we are working on here in coastal Louisiana. So, Mead, I mean, we've heard that before, you know, kind of comparisons of our delta, the Mississippi River Delta, to deltas around the world and the challenges facing the Mekong Delta. Can you paint a picture of these two deltas and, you know, how are they similar? How are they different? How does studying one inform the other? Well, I mean, a lot of the same problems that we have in Louisiana, we share with them, right? They have problems with coastal subsidence and sea level rise and shoreline erosion and and salinity intrusion, in their case, getting into areas of rice growing and things like that. And it's also about sort of what's going on up in the basin and and how the water and the sediment get down to the delta and what a big control that is on how it evolves. And so in that way, things are very similar. Um, there are some differences that have to do with, like, the fact that that's a much more tidally energetic system. And so the, the movement of materials is, is quite different from how it reshapes the delta in in the Mississippi. And, and another thing is, of course, they're up to like 18 or 19 million people living in the Mekong Delta. And so but they all live by the water like us, too, though, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, you're <laughs> always to, by right? the water, but <laughs> it, it sort of means that you, you know, it compounds our problems with every community because there's literally a community on, you know, you walk down the street and you just transition into the next community. And so um, the population pressure makes it even more complex a problem to try and help people. And save the delta and, and um, control all of these negative factors that are active. So I saw a funny tweet from the Water Institute the other day about you watching a boat being loaded, uh, <laughs> worried about the boat being dropped in the water. You really do love to do field work, right? I mean, that's what you do at the Water Institute. You also have the classroom and, and you're the chair of the department, right? But I mean, you really love field work, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I kind of feel like that I'm an observational scientist and the minute I I'm no longer doing observations. I'm sort of losing the context of what I'm doing. And, I, and as I told one of the fiscal people who said, well, why don't you just stay and, you know, manage people in the money? It's like, well, my next science idea is based on what I'm doing out there today. So it's kind of nice to be out there and kind of, plus I'm an outdoors person. So I just, it's a chance to go out there, right? Yeah. Jacques and I <laughs> compete for who gets the most field trips in one week because we also love, but I agree with you. I think it's so important to stay close to that because, what are you telling everybody if you're not telling everybody your firsthand experience on that? Yeah, and, and we get all sorts of great information from people in coastal Louisiana. You're just out on the water and people are asking you what you're doing and you get into a conversation and they have this incredible background of knowledge about that specific area that there's no way you never find that in a textbook. And so um, that kind of interaction is really a great part of the field work here. 
And so, Mead, you're also um, with a joint appointment with Tulane, and we've had some Tulane scientists on the show. We actually talked about the Tulane study about the Mississippi River Delta that came out recently last week. So tell us about your role with Tulane University. Okay, so um, I have been at Tulane, as I said, starting back in 99 with this uh, sort of unexpected interruption in Texas for a few years. Um, But uh, about a year ago, the administration decided that um, the the importance of these river and these coastal topics was such that Tulane really needed to expand its footprint. And so they decided at that point to form a new department. And uh, Simone's been making mm-hmm. jokes already about the department name being really hard to pronounce. And, and, <laughs> I think they just need an acronym. <laughs> and, yeah, so it's the Department of River Coastal Science and Engineering. And we went back and forth about, well, how do you name something that's about studying rivers and it's about studying deltas and it's about studying coasts and it's about winding together the engineering and the science of these topics, you know, both the sort of basic uh, how do these systems work on the science side and the practical from the engineering side about how do you how do you manage systems like this? And so there is no good answer. The only thing I can say is that uh, one of my deans really liked the fact that the four-letter acronym for courses is now RACI. So, <laughs> so our department is RACI. <laughs> well, Mead, if you can hold on with this, we have to go to a break. We want to introduce your partner in crime to in the next segment. We want to talk a little bit more about Tulane, but then really get into the, the joint work that you're doing with the Corps of Engineers. Um, you're listening to Delta Dispatches. We're here every Thursday on 990 WGSO and through our podcast at www.deltadispatches.org. Hi, I'm Don Cheadle. Listen up. I want to talk to you about something important, the Environmental Defense Fund. EDF isn't like some of the other environmental groups. EDF works together with those on both sides of the issue. Despite all the fighting in Washington, EDF has found ways for both parties to support real progress. That has made our air and water cleaner and the products in our homes safer. So not only can our planet prosper, so can our future. Go to edf.org to see how you can help. National Wildlife Federation gives voices to the wildlife conservation values that are part of our country's heritage. We are charting a new course for wildlife that our children and grandchildren will thank us for. Visit our website, nwf.org Louisiana, to find out more about our work to restore and protect coastal Louisiana for generations to come. National Wildlife Federation, uniting all Americans to ensure wildlife thrive in a rapidly changing world. nwf.org Louisiana. At Audubon, we believe that where birds thrive, people prosper. Nowhere is that more evident than in Louisiana. Integrating science, education, and policy, Audubon, Louisiana's mission is to conserve and restore natural ecosystems, focusing on birds, other wildlife, and their habitats for the benefit of humanity and the Earth's biological diversity. 
Visit la.audubon.org to learn more and support our mission. la.audubon.org. Restore a Retreat is a coastal nonprofit organization working in the heart of the Barataria and Terrebonne Basins, from the Mississippi River to the Atchafalaya. We work every day to restore Louisiana's coast community and culture with our mission of implementing long-term and large-scale projects for our irreplaceable region. We'll hope you join us in supporting the solution. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and online at www.restoreorretreat.org. And we're back. You're listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO 990 AM, also available online anytime, deltadispatches.org. I'm Jacques Hebert with Audubon, Louisiana. And I'm Simone Laws with Restore or Retreat. So we're diving into the river again today. You're so smart. I know. We're, we're earning that science credit. Um, <laughs> Which I did not get any previously in any educational opportunities I had. Um, paleobiology. I'm a, I'm a BA kind of girl college. and not a BS kind of girl, which is... I'm, MBS, but you know what I mean. So, yeah. <laughs> well, we want to welcome back to Delta Dispatches, meet Allison of Tulane and, and the Water Institute, but we also want to bring in his partner in crime, Barb Kleiss of the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Barb, if you hold on just a second, we want to uh, we want to round out with Mead. Tell us some things that we might know that the department has done so far. Well, like I said, I mean we're um, less than a year old at this point, so a lot of what we're doing is is um, Strategic planning, right? Doesn't sound very exciting, but we're bringing in people from outside Tulane and inside and saying, you know, what is the, the, the best department we can build? What kind of avenues do we want to go into? What kind of people do we want to hire? What kind of educational programs do we want to develop? So, you know, things are early in the game. Um, one of the really exciting things that we've done is, is hired uh, one of my partners in crime at the Water Institute, Dr. Ehab Maselli, oh, man, who is I love now uh, I love uh, a, a fantastic um, scientist and engineer and, and river coastal modeler and very important in the state's master plan. And so he brings us a level of credibility that's almost instantaneous. So that's been great. But the other thing is, and I'm going to let Barb um, jump in and really expound upon this, is, is that the opportunity that that the core brought us very early on to say what you're building in this department really dovetails really nicely with what uh, the core wants to do in the near future. So pivoting to that a little bit, Barb, welcome to Delta Dispatches. Good morning. And thanks for visiting us from Vicksburg. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Sure. I came to the South um, way back in 1976, went to Spring Hill College over in Mobile. Oh, it's a beautiful campus. Yes, yes. And spent my um, summers at Dauphin Island Sea Lab, got me involved with the uh, Gulf of Mexico. From there, I've had quite a uh, mixed background. Um, I went to uh, working for the Mobile District Corps of Engineers right out of school. I worked for the state of Mississippi Department of Environmental Quality the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency in Atlanta, the USGS um, in Pearl, Barb Mississippi. Barb loves the acronyms. Yes, yes, the Geological <laughs> Survey. Um, See me, Barb loves yes, acronyms. Yes, yes, yes. And, and then was uh, at the uh, Waterways Experiment or Station, which is now the Engineering Research and Development Station uh, Center up in Vicksburg, two different times, actually, um, and have spent the vast majority of my career working for the Corps of Engineers in Vicksburg, Mississippi. 
Yeah, so Barb, so um, people are maybe familiar with the Corps of Engineers office here in New Orleans on Leak Avenue. Just so they understand a little bit, that's the district office, right? And yes. then Vicksburg is where the division is. Well, and it's interesting. Vicksburg's a relatively small town, only about 25,000 people in town, but it ho- is the home to three separate Corps of Engineers yeah. entities. Um, there's the Engineering Research and Development Center, which um, at its peak um, has almost 2,000 employees. Oh, wow. Um, and has uh, PhD-level scientists and engineers in many, many disciplines and is uh, the largest Department of the Army research facility in the country. Um, and people don't really expect that out of Vicksburg. But in addition to that, there is the Vicksburg District Corps of Engineers, which is the district to the north of New Orleans, but it's a sister um, district to New Orleans district. And then also there's the Mississippi Valley Division, Division. which is um, controls the Mississippi River, leads the Mississippi River all the way from Canada to the Gulf of Mexico. Wow. And there's six districts in that. So the two-star general, that's the commander yes. of that division. And they had the high water trip just mm-hmm. last yes. week, right? Yes. And so they're, they have quite a, a, a large responsibility uh, work a lot with Ohio River and the Missouri River, um, but, you know, have a, a responsibility for as much as 41% of the drainage of the United States coming through. Oh, That's no big quite deal. a portfolio. <laughs> yeah. Just yes, that little yes. thing in Vicksburg. Canada to the Gulf. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes right, exactly. And, so, that's, and that's where I'm working now. Okay. So tell us about what you're working on with Tulane. Well, just to give you a little bit of background, um, back in... 1927, 1928, after the big flood of the Mississippi River, there was quite a debate about how to move forward with science. And a number of people and a lot of the work that had been done previous to that was actually done on the river. And so there was a fair number of folks who felt like, oh, well, we can just go out and use the river. And then there was other folks saying, well, we need a laboratory. We need to be able to do reproducible science. Um, Finally, that group won and so the Waterways Experiment Station was initiated under the initial control of the Mississippi River Commission and designed to answer questions. They worked a lot in the 30s and 40s on the effects of the cutoff program and primarily flood control. It, it was revitalized a good bit in 1973 when we had another big flood um, and a, a potomology programs were set up in the districts and at the division um, to address the effects of uh, flooding on the river and how the river interfaces with geomorphology and, Ooh, and Barb, things like that. Barb, you're going to have to tell us what those words are. Okay, so, <laughs> so let's start out first with tell the first us, one. Yeah, tell us about potomology. Well, potomology is this really cool word. Um, potomos is Greek for river, and everybody actually knows it. They don't know that they do because it's the root for the word hippopotamus. <laughs> Which is a river I horse. I knew that. You knew that? Yeah, but, but you know, <laughs> hippopotamuses live in rivers, and they're, they're called river horses or hippopotamuses. And so, potomology is the integrated study of rivers. It's a it's the cool term. It's equivalent to limnology in lakes, but it's the integrated chemistry, geology, biology, hydraulics, hydrology of river systems. And so, um, I would say that if you had gone, gone back in the 40s and the 50s, the Corps of Engineers was probably the world leader in potomology. In potomology, that's the one thing our zoo needs is a hippo. We're gonna we're gonna talk to Audubon Institute in a couple of weeks. So <laughs> they we can work get on that. it, but yeah. I will never forget that. That's a great I explanation, know, yeah. Barb. Thank okay, you. okay. What about geomorphology? Those are the forms 
on the surface of the earth. It's, it's, and because we're dealing with rivers, we call them fluvial geomorphology. In other words, the earth's surface forms that are created by rivers. And so those are a lot of the things that, um, that we're interested in at the Corps of Engineers. And then going through histories, you can imagine after the 2011 flood, we once again, a lot of questions were uh, arose. The river didn't behave exactly in the way we expected it to. And so we created what was called the Mississippi River Science and Technology Office. And you're part of that. And I'm part of that. And then the subsection of that is the Geomorphology and Potomology Research Program. Uh, Dr. Ty Walmsley is currently the director of these programs. But one of our focuses on that was mentoring and training. Uh, we knew that a lot of the older folks, mostly older guys, were retiring, uh, getting up there in years. And we um, knew within the Corps of Engineers that our um, uh, the people who really knew rivers were aging and we weren't passing that on to the next generation. So we were actively looking for a way to... Uh, train the next generation, um, and also um, allow those folks maybe to get some uh, credit, college credits for it. And so we were looking for an academic partner and having some difficulty finding one at the at the time that we were creating this program and getting started. Well, I definitely want to get into yeah. the weeds on this program because it's so innovative and interesting. I loved our little etymology lesson there. Um <laughs> But we have to take a break. So if you two don't mind holding on, we're going to get back into the program, let people know how they can learn more about it and and talk about what folks will learn. So you're listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO 990 AM. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO 990 AM. Uh, this is Jacques Hebert. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Simone Malaz with Restore Our Retreat. You, I think you jinxed me because I'm so good <laughs> at the intro. And then you said, you know, because of that, I should do it. And then I messed it up. But anyway, we're here. We're back uh, with Mead Allison and Barb Kleiss. Um, and we're talking about a really innovative certificate program that is being offered by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers and Tulane University. I love um, what Barb just said about, you know, we, we understood that we had to train the next generation. And y'all are doing it in a cool way that appeals to the next generation, too. So tell us more about how the program set up, the coursework, the faculty. Tell us more about that. So one of the focuses of the program is to combine pragmatic, practical applications with academic and to make it truly multidisciplinary. So one of the really neat things is that we're team teaching it. Um, Mead, Ehab, myself, David Biedenharn, and Jack Kilgore are all teaching it, which means we're covering geology, geomorphology, river mechanics, biogeochemistry, ecology and modeling and a bit of climate change all in this introductory course apotamus of (laughs) (laughs) yes yes so so we want the students to understand that you really do have to um, understand something about this complexity of topics in order to work and do uh, manage rivers um 
But we are also trying to reach Corps of Engineers employees around the United States and create a network of young people who can rely and talk to each other um, and connect those to the university. So we're doing this through distance learning. And we're using what's called a hybrid format, which means that they have self-taught modules, readings, videos, um, videos that we've created, like voiceover PowerPoints, to do during the week. And then once a week in the evening, we bring the whole group together. This semester, this very first semester, we have 10 Corps of Engineers employees that range all the way from uh, Philadelphia District, uh, Huntington, Louisville, Vicksburg, and Los Angeles. Oh, wow. um, A USGS um, employee and then nine students from Tulane. And so we have the neat mix between Tulane students and um, practicing people who are already, you know, in their well along in their careers. Also, a mix between researchers and um, planners and practitioners. Um, but this format has really allowed that and allowed us to do some neat things. Um, we've done things like do laboratory demonstrations. Um, we had a uh, a session live stream from Bonnie Carey looking wow. about. Oh, that's cool! <laughs> and this week we're actually going to have a guest lecturer from the University of Nottingham in England and talk about how the European countries have uh, dealt with climate change in their rivers. So this format allows us to do that type Very of thing. Cool. What, a, what an innovative program and how great to have the technology to be able to reach so many people across so many networks and bring them together. Mead, from a Tulane perspective, what does it mean to ha- for the students at Tulane to have access to this type of program, to have access to core employees, but also you know, for experts like yourself and EHAB to be able to you know, um, you know, work with, with the core employees and others? Well, I mean, it was absolutely kismet that mm-hmm. at the time we were forming this new department. And, of course, uh, Barb and David and Jack and, and Ehab and I have had a, a lot of research relationship over a long period. And so that really kind of was the impetus to get this going. And, and Tulane was awesome in, in allowing this to be set up in the early stages of this new department. And one of the good things about working for a private university is that we can we can uh, move fast on things uh, in setting them up. And so, uh, although sometimes the core actually move faster than we did, which is an amazing, (laughs) amazing thing. But um, I think that it's an awesome, I mean, I was nervous going in because all of this new technology and can you reach the students and it is as good as sitting in front of a classroom and, and lecturing, which I've been doing for a long time. But in fact, it's, it, it actually in some ways is better and, the interactivity that it encourages among the students is awesome. I mean, I can tell that our Tulane students who are graduate students, you know, offline are interacting with their core colleagues and their government science colleagues, and they're, they're learning about what they do on a day-to-day basis, and they're developing contacts about potential job sources in the yeah, future. So that's a good point. those kind of things have been really awesome. And what we're hoping to do is we've been, you know, trying to serve these two um, – uh, kernel audiences, but we're hoping to broaden it to people from industry and things like that as well as we kind of get our feet under us and we're a little more comfortable with the with the format. Yeah, we I had a discussion just yesterday in in kind of our part of the world about uh, and how uh, important certificate programs are, right? You know, and and all across the U.S., that seems to be a place where people are going. But with technology like this, it's amazing, and I love that. It is that mix between people who are already at work and who are learning more and the students who want to learn more because 
the discussion I had yesterday was like, oh, I had I had an engineering professor who loved, you know, this kind of stuff. And so I I loved him and I followed him and then I got into it and I was like, oh, yeah, maybe I wasn't meant to build bridges all day, you know. But it's great to see that you guys are still in the field and then people have been practicing that and and still are interested in that. So tell us a couple, so a little bit about some of the coursework. You mentioned that Barb kind of like overall, but name, yeah. talk about specifics. Sure. Um, so we started out with the intro class and we're considering that to be sort of the gateway class. We would like everyone to start out with that if possible. Um, so that they understand this interdisciplinary nature. But then starting in the fall, we will add to that a course in river and stream restoration and then also an introduction to river and coastal um, hydraulic and hydrologic modeling. Um, Next spring, we're going to add a course in river mechanics and a course in methods for um, collecting data and analyzing data and understanding data in river systems. Oh, that's neat. So, so those are our five core courses, plus we have an, uh, an independent study course so that if someone who's either a student working on research or a Corps of Engineers um, uh, employee who needs to know more detail about a particular topic, we can link them up with a professor and set up an independent study. So the overall cert- certificate will take... Uh, require 15 hours, um, and and at the current schedule, it would you know take uh, if you took one class per semester, it would take a couple of years to finish. Yeah, but if you are working, right, mm-hmm. you know that might work with your schedule too. And Barb, we're here in New Orleans, sitting next to the Mississippi River. You're a little further upriver normally in Vicksburg, but the certificate's not um, restricted just to studies of the Mississippi River, correct? That that's correct. We're um, making a point of bringing in examples from around the world. Like I said, uh, we're having a a talk this week from from England to get sort of the European perspective. One of the Tulane students was from uh, Nigeria, and she contrasted Nigerian water law for us compared to, you know, waters of the United States. And so I'd love to hear that. So, yeah, so (laughs) um, a very interesting uh, Ph.D. student at Tulane who did is, you know, really uh, contributed to the class's understanding of these issues uh, worldwide. So we are trying to have that broad perspective. Yeah, and you mentioned, I mean, climate change being a part of it, a part of the discussion um, in some of these courses. And, you know, you've seen more and more coverage of, of that, how climate change is impacting our world's rivers or just at least a greater understanding of the resource in terms of sediment that's in the rivers. Um, and so, you know, I think that's such an interesting, you know, angle to, to find out, like, how do, how do these rivers connect us, whether you're in right. the United States or Asia, you know, and where that understanding like that interconnectivity. Delta, right? mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. So if you guys uh, were up against another break, our last one, I promise you're almost done with us. Uh, we have a little bit more to learn. So if you'll stick with us, uh, we'll finish out. We'll find out where we can find more information on, about the program uh, when we can come back. But you're listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO 990 and online through www.deltadispatches.org. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to Delta Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Jacques Hebert with Audubon, Louisiana. And I'm Simone Malas with Restore or Retreat. And welcome back, um, Barb Kleiss and Mead Adelson. Uh, we could not have you on Delta Dispatches and not ask a fun question. So, I love everybody's reactions to that, too. <laughs> well, especially when you told us that we couldn't hear the question ahead of time. <laughs> it's easy. So... Um, other than the Mississippi River, what is your favorite river of of the world? It's like picking favorite children. You got to say one too. Oh, I can do that. Um, I worked on the Cache River in Arkansas. Um, that's where I did my PhD research. And then when I was working with the U.S. Geological Survey, I did a lot more water quality research. And it's a uh, virgin cypress swamp. Wow. And and so that that's it's. It's tucked in. It like goes into Barb the White River. Barb didn't even think about that. No, <laughs> it was, it's, Maybe Barb uh, knew the question. Yeah, no, I love I loved that little river. Uh, <laughs> it's an underfit channel, and so it's a really cool little river. Good, really you bought Mead some yeah. time. <laughs> Mead, Mead's like, I could see well, it rolling I'll, in his brain. Just because of what you answered, I'll go to the other extreme and pick the largest one on Earth, the Amazon, right? And I spent about 10 years early in my career working out of the Amazon, and, and uh, to see a system both of that magnitude that, dwarfs even our own system here but also is a chance to kind of turn back the clock a hundred years in the mississippi system and see you know all of these processes and how they operate under very natural circumstances although they're starting to alter the system dramatically now um this was I'm embarrassed to say how long ago this was <laughs> it was pretty pristine when i started studying <laughs> i would say i'd have to go with the amazon Good answer. Thank you both. I think that was both good answers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't have a favorite river. You can't make me. Jacques has also stumped me with a a fun question, too. Connecticut River. Oh, gosh. I mean, whatever. I used to kayak down it in in college. I'm going to have to try that Cash River, though. That sounds very pretty. I bet you they have lots of birds and things. Yeah, I know. Yes. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more. We want to talk more about the certificate program. While um, So we talked about it on the show before. Uh, the Mississippi River Commission comes down twice a year, high water, low water. They were just in town last week. Y'all had a chance to meet with some of those folks. Yes, we were real fortunate. Um, the, the motor vessel Mississippi docked at the New Orleans District, and after they finished the public hearing here in New Orleans, uh, Major General Kaiser, uh, some of the commissioners, and some of the senior staff at MVD came over to the Tulane campus, uh, to, to Audubon Place, and we actually had a reception, a description of the program, and celebrated the fact that uh, two organizations had signed the educational partnership agreement that got the certificate program um, off the ground and running. And we were talking about this during the break, but the program itself is quite innovative and unique. Is that correct? We have not been able to find another organization that uh, teaches it in just this way or um, is able to, you know, provide the combination of practical and and academic um, and the in-depth on rivers itself, not just like one subject like river restoration. So y'all have any more ideas over there at Tulane, Mead, of what more things you could do? Absolutely. We would love to tap the core even further, right? Because we're in the middle of building this new department and and signing the educational partnership agreement just says, hey, we can we can talk about all kinds of things on the academic side and on the research side that we could do together. So um, I think this is probably not the first. And as we build things into full degrees, um, we hope to have the core along as our partner. 
Samid, you mentioned, you know, potentially at some point incorporating industry people. I'm sure there are students out there who might be interested in learning more. Uh, How can people go to learn more about the certificate program? Well, I think Barb and I talked about, you know, once you start talking about dot, you know, backslash, all that kind of thing, (laughs) it would get really confusing. So if you Google Tulane River Science, the first thing that will come up is the new department, which is going to underwhelm you because it's about one web page in length. Uh, and the second thing that comes up is the new certificate program. So you should be able to wind your way in and it has a click on to apply and you can look at what information it asks and things like that. Yeah. And, and uh, we're happy to share information mm-hmm. too and links on, on our social media. It's and really I think it's important that, you know, somebody doesn't have to commit to the whole certificate. If they're just interested in introduction to river science because they're a high school teacher and it's something that they want to look at, they are um, able to take this class. If they're working at another university but would like to add a river class to their curriculum and can transfer a course, that's cool too. So that's a really great point. I mean, we're, we work with lots of people on our side too, right, as a, a nonprofit NGO community, right? And somebody maybe was working out in California and they need the quick deep dive into the Mississippi, right? And it's so much to try to explain somebody, but that, that may be how they like to learn too. Be yeah, ideal. You, you brought up a good point that when I said industry, I meant in the broad sense. Mm-hmm. NGOs, there are lots of people that are on the planning side, I think, that would benefit from something like this. So, and you don't have to be an engineer to take no. that intro course, right? right? No, we we recommend some background in engineering or science, mm-hmm. but if you've got some interest, um, there's even a mechanism by which to talk to me and get permission, regardless of what your background is. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think the the person the we have of the from world, the Los right? Angeles district is an attorney, for the yeah. oh. so and she was interested more in in learning the science behind what she worked on from a from a law point of. And she's ace in the class. So, you know, it's not, this is not so difficult. I mean, you don't have to do matrix algebra in order to do the class. So there's, there's hope for uh, the liberal arts people <laughs> in the room. That's correct. That's correct. Potomology. <laughs> Potomology. <laughs> well, we are so grateful to have you guys on the show. It's always fun to have guests in studio. So thank you for coming. Uh, we very much appreciate it. Barb, do you need us to come to Vicksburg and? And oh, check it out. It might have to. It might have to happen. We'd be glad to have you. Yeah, sounds well, like there's you. a lot to see in Vicksburg if, too. If you listen to the show, there's one thing that you'll learn, and that is Simone and I like a good field trip. Never turn an opportunity. Well, you can come on a class field trip. I do. I had to go to one time. I remember, I had a meeting in Vicksburg, and uh, I listened to an entire book um, going there and, and coming back. But it's a nice, peaceful, quiet drive, and mm-hmm. so yeah, we definitely might have to take you up there on you that. Go. And me, we will see you at the Bywater Institute too. By the way, absolutely, we, we are we are there a lot. And we like to peek our head in to see who's there, if he has that day or, or Jeff Hebert or anybody like that. So thank you both for being on the show. Thank, thank you. Thank you for having us. Y'all want to tell Jacques bye before he leaves uh, me? Okay. Well, <laughs> I, hey, are you on WhatsApp? Because we can stay in touch in that way. Um, but no, that was another great show. I love focusing on science and having great scientists and engineers who are such great communicators. As I agree well. with that. I mm-hmm. definitely agree. That's exactly what I was going to say. Our, our new favorite word is to unpack the science. And it sounds like they're just taking that to a classroom setting, too. And so that's really amazing. And there's so much to learn. Um, and, but this is a really great way to do it. Yeah. So a lot going on this weekend. Yeah. If you are not going to Jazz Fest, you can go to the Earth Day celebration in Baton Rouge um, at LSU's Parker Coliseum from 1 to 5 p.m. 
Um, our partners at the Coalition to Restore Coast of Louisiana. I was going to mention that. Yeah, they're having an oyster, oyster shell, shell backing. backing. Yes, um, definitely. Pecan Island, and you know, very I, nice. Yeah, um, and that is Thursday, um, May third through Saturday. Uh, Can you May believe 5th. it's May? How did that happen? I can't believe we're going to have State of the Coast coming up soon. And it's going to be summer. Just another year. I know. We're going to be we're going to be a hundred soon. 100 <laughs> this is our fiftieth episode. So. <laughs> um, and then of course the St. Bernard Bird Festival and this Lanios uh, Museum and and Center down there on Bayou Road is beautiful. It's a great day. Um, there there will certainly be some great birding. In fact. Eric took yesterday off to go birding. He's like, oh wow, I love like, him. That's one of what those, he does on like, his off day. <laughs> you know, once every like three or four years migration. You know, with the winds that you know I have to go, and I'm just going to take the day off and go I birding in Grand Isle. So. Awesome, awesome. Well, that does sound. Sounds like it's going to be a beautiful weekend mm-hmm. too to do all that. Well, I will miss you. I can't wait till you come back. We we do already have some couple of great guests lined up for for the future, yeah, and we're not slowing down. Anytime we are not soon. Um, we'll have some of our State of the Coast folks on. I'm going to be doing a panel and live show yes. from State of the Coast. So yes. a lot of good stuff ahead. Yes, yes. So don't forget, um, you can find all the past episodes, 50 plus, on uh, deltadispatches.org. You can still take the quiz, to What kind of Louisianian are you? Um, but until then. Uh, thanks uh, to our guests. And yes. uh, thank, you to listen for, thank you for listening to Delta Dispatches. Um, have another great week. <laughs>